0: and welcome to NSTA The Bus Stop. This is the official podcast of the National School Transportation Association. I am Kurt Mackison, Executive Director, and this month it's Women's History Month. And Women's History Month had its origins as a national celebration in 1981 when Congress passed a law which authorized and requested the president to proclaim the week beginning March 7, 1982 as Women's History Month. Throughout the next five years, Congress continued to pass joint resolutions designating a week in March as Women's History Week. In 1987, after being petitioned by the National Women's History Project, Congress passed another law, which designated the month of March 1987 as Women's History Month. Between 1988 and 1994, Congress passed additional resolutions authorizing the president to proclaim March of each year as Women's History Month, and since 1995, presidents have issued a series of annual proclamations designating the month of March as Women's History Month. These proclamations celebrate the contribution women have made to the United States and recognize the specific achievements women have made over the course of American history in a variety of fields. And so to kick off Women's History Month, we're pleased to have Karina Noble. She's Senior Vice President, Communications and External Affairs at National Express. And she's also President-Elect of the NSTA. So welcome to NSTA The Bus Stop, Karina.
1: Thank you for having me, Kurt. It's really nice to be here, especially celebrating such an important month.
0: Yeah, and we're so pleased to have you on board at The Bus Stop. Now, you know, for the listeners who may not be familiar with National Express, Can you give us a little brief background about the company?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, I know you and I have had several conversations. It is sometimes a little confusing between National Express and Durham. National Express Group is our parent company, and it's a global transportation provider. We provide service in Europe, North Africa, the Middle East, and North America. If you drill down to North America, we've got three divisions. We operate school bus, which is what we're here to talk about today, but we also have transit and a shuttle division. And in the school bus division, I think the most well-known brand is Durham School Services. And that's because we are almost 105 years old. So we got our start in 1917 out in California transporting special needs students to school. So that's a bit about who we are and and what we do and kind of how we break down. But National Express is the North American umbrella. And it, within School Bus, Durham is our largest brand.
0: Now, w- one of the areas I really enjoy uh, in doing the podcast is finding out everyone's unique start in student transportation. And I'd love to hear about, you know, when that came for you and, and how did it come about?
1: Yeah, I don't have to give a year, do I, Kurt?
0: <laughs> no. No.
1: <laughs> good, good, That's what I was hoping that was your answer. So,
0: enough
1: <laughs> years ago. I took a job as a proposal writer in Boston for a transportation consulting firm. And I did that while I was working on my MBA. And that was actually a job I took, which was a company owned by National Express. And it really started from there. So I learned how to write proposals and then moved on into marketing and then took on some more communication roles. And from transportation consulting, I then jumped into the transit industry. I worked for ATC VanCom for a number of years, and that's how I moved from Boston back to Chicago, outside of Chicago, where I live now, which is where I grew up. And then ATC Vancom was purchased by a company called Connex, and they rebranded as Veolia, which is a popular brand that folks will know. And then from there, I moved into school bus. I moved to Durham to work with John Elliott Sr. And so that's a really quick snippet of my progression from transportation.
0: Yeah, and you know, through your progression, uh, obviously come from the Chicago land area. And then over to Boston, we are thankful that you are a Yankees fan, so that you, you didn't stray off the straight and narrow, you know, in your career um, that way.
1: Yeah, no, I got to be careful what I say. I did. I met and married a New Yorker, and we've got two huge Yankee son Yankee fans who are sons. Uh, we love going to ball fields, but you and I have had this conversation before. Yeah, Boston is not their favorite team. <laughs>
0: Yes, and and I guess listeners should also know that we like to give a fair amount of torture to our current president John Benish for his rooting for the White Sox too.
1: Exactly, because I happen to be a Cubs fan, so yeah, John and I have a lot of fun banter.
0: <laughs> Great. Now, you know, you know, you like so many people have had a you know unique you know transition in student transportation, but I'm sure it's still a passion for you. You bleed yellow. What are some of the things you really enjoy about working in student transportation?
1: Yeah, Kurt, this is one of my favorite things to talk about. I love the purpose of the bus. You know, I'm not a bus junkie, but if you really think about what it means and what that bus means to some kids and some families, that's what I enjoy most. So school buses help provide equity and access to learning. My company alone, we get over a million kids to school every day. Uh, people who are not in the industry or don't aren't educated about student transportation may not realize or may not have given any thought to that. If it were not for school buses, some students wouldn't have access to the classroom, right? So they wouldn't get that education. Right. But even more, but even more important than that, if not for the bus, some kids wouldn't have access to a safe place for the day. Some wouldn't have access to breakfast or lunch. And if you remember back to early in the pandemic, when the schools first shut down, the conversation became about the crisis in kids education because education was going to lag. But then really quickly, the bigger issue became that there would be kids and families who did not have access to food uh, because there are families who rely on those services through school and they rely on our buses to get to school. And so when you when you put that all together, you realize that school buses are life changing. That's my favorite thing to talk about about the industry.
0: Yeah, and and speaking of that, I mean, um, your role model. You know, obviously, you are very well versed in what you do with National Express, but you're also serving in you know, the past several years as an officer with, you know, NSTA. So you serve as a role model. What do you think if if a, a young woman came to you and said? Tell, tell me about student transportation. The field piques my interest. You know, what do I need to know to get involved?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a good question, Kurt. I think one of the key things is, gosh, there's a lot of opportunity. So student trans, private student transportation, and Kurt, you'll know this because we just had to pull all of this data together as we've been working on the cert bill. We are a $10 billion industry made up of almost 3,000 contractors and companies that provide this service to schools. So there's certainly room. And when I look at my company, I was actually surprised to learn when we had to pull these facts that more than 60% of my coworkers are women. Um, and that's, you know, in the driver, the driver ranks, it's a fantastic start. Uh, we have many locations where we have moms who drive for us because they're allowed to bring their kids with. So they can work and bring their kids. So that's a win-win for us and for the moms. And you know, we are 60% female. Unfortunately, as you move up the org chart, those number the percentages decline. But I sit on the executive team and I have two female colleagues on that team with me. Dorothy Capers, she's our general counsel. She actually also serves that role for the global organization. And then Liz Sanchez, and you should know Liz, she's one of our NSTA board members. Liz is our North American chief operations officer, which is pretty cool to have a woman in that role. And um, so while we're focused on increasing diversity in leadership within our company, and I know many are doing that across the industry as well. So I, I would tell women, it's a good industry for whatever your role, whether you're looking to be a driver, you're looking to be a manager or take on more and move up in the ranks because there's room. We've got a lot going on, you know, as, as we have to open up schools back in the fall where they are not currently open, there's going to be a lot of work to do. So there's opportunity and it's an industry that's, that's really focused right now on increasing diversity. And, and especially for the moms out there, there, there is just such a great purpose within what we do that it's, it's a good industry to work in. And National Express has been a really great company for me to work into.
0: Yeah. And one thing that that strikes me, you know, being involved in the industry for just a short couple of years is that, you know, within some industries or vocations, they can be stagnant. And I just see student transportation as ever changing and, and and undergoing an evolution of sorts, you know and and part of that uh, now we'll, we'll go through another iteration of it due to the pandemic and, and hopefully the challenges we see will will have positive byproduct later on but what do, what do you think about the I- industry and its evolution?
1: yeah, it's been gosh, I've been involved in it for so many years, you're right, it really has changed. What's kind of neat about that is from the outside, you wouldn't think so because the bus looks the same from the outside. But what we always talk about is how much on the inside of the bus has changed and the behind the scenes with the technology. And I think the same could be said for the industry. We, we really are taking the business, our businesses, and I, I speak for some of the other contractors out there, in, in a pretty neat direction as we work to make sure we can get more kids on school buses because school buses are the safest way for kids to get to school, but also have to react to what's going on. You know, for example, in the current administration, we have heard about Biden's aggressive plan to move to electric vehicles. And so we are all working together to figure out how we can make that happen. So we we really have become more of a forward thinking industry we've got some thought leaders within our group that are leading us on a path, a pretty neat one for strategic planning, where we're, again, it's not just about reacting to the influences around us in our environment, but about trying to be ahead of them and figure out what makes sense, and how do we make sure that folks understand the value of the yellow school bus, and why it's so important, and how can we make that, how can we increase awareness? So it's kind of being more on the front
0: foot, Kurt. Yeah, absolutely, and that's the one thing that I've observed in in my You know, a couple of years with the NSTA is that you really hear the word no. So we're always trying to figure out a a better way to build the proverbial mousetrap, which I think is pretty neat.
1: Mm -hmm. Kurt, if I can, you know, you had you had asked about women in the industry, and I want to just share my thought real quick because I didn't cover women in NSTA. So if you don't mind if I backtrack to that, I have been involved in NSTA for more years than I would care to share on this podcast. I mean, back to the presidencies of Barry and John and Tim and Donnie. And I was thinking about that as I was preparing to come on this call today. And I was thinking about when I first started engaging with the association, women held most of the support roles. So there's Rana Weber, which by the way is fantastic news that she's joining NASDAQ. So that's going to be really great to continue to partner with them and especially work with Rana. But Jen Bruce and Danielle were really influential in my initial involvement and in the enjoyable experiences I had with NSTA. And over that time, you know, over that all of these years. I still see we have great support from women. Like right now, working with Jessica and Grace has been wonderful. But now we've got women in place positions of influence. With Becky, we've been talking to you know, some of our lobbyist work. Gosh, she really, she truly does bleed yellow for us. And she's been an amazing champion on the Hill for, for so many years, but especially through the pandemic. But now if you look at our board makeup, women hold 25% of our board seats, which is pretty great. So now women are not just supporting the industry, but they're helping make decisions. Um, so Chloe and Gail and Claire, Kim, Liz, and Magda are helpful in making sure that NSTA is giving opportunities to women and is hearing women's voice. And so that's pretty cool. Now, 25% really isn't isn't uh, as great as it should be, but it's heading in the right direction.
0: Right, for sure. And that, then you mentioned Magda D- Dimdahl. You're going to be, after her, the second woman president of NSTA, and that's since 1964. How are you approaching that role? You know, what, tell us your you know, short-term, long-term goals.
1: Yeah, it, yeah, I think there's three things that come to mind when I think about what I want to focus on once I take over that role from Mr. Benish. The first, because it's so top of mind for everybody right now in the industry is continuing to advance our GR efforts. NSTA and what's been pretty cool about that recently is NSTA has always brought together our competitors um, through the association to talk about what's going on in the industry. But through COVID it caused us to advocate side by side in, in for our employees and to keep our companies running. And we are expecting some big challenges over the next few years. So we really need to continue to stick together and keep that momentum going so that we can have the strongest voice we can in D.C. And not just in D.C. Kurt, you've been really helpful with us helping set up some state coalitions where there currently weren't any. You know, we've done some work in Washington and California. I think we need to keep that momentum going. So that's probably my my main area of focus. The next is similar to what we're talking about today, uh, and given also the timing of not just Women's History Month, but International Women's Day, which is March 8th, I think NSTA needs to take a, a stronger focus on diversity and inclusion, and that's going to be a priority for us, is continuing to engage more voices, making NSTA stronger, welcoming all new members, new volunteers, and committee members. You know, I'm not sure we can talk about Women's History Month without sharing a quote from RBG, uh, women belong in all places where decisions are being made. And that's what I think it's really cool about taking over the presidency of NSTA is we can make sure we've got more diverse voices. And the, the final thought I'll share on where I want NSTA to focus over the next couple years, because I can't help myself, I've got such a comms and marketing background, is really a PR focus. We, we need to continue working on telling our story the best way that we can, because we really have a powerful story to tell. I just want to share a couple of the, the most powerful facts that, we've, like I had mentioned before, we've been pulling together all this work for CERTs. And so we've got to figure out better ways to get our message out there that the U.S. school bus fleet, both public and private, is the nation's largest public transportation fleet. Folks are always surprised when I share that with them. And as I had mentioned, as a the our industry, right? We're a $10 billion industry. That's pretty big. We've got more transportation know-how than any school district. School buses are the are proven to be the safest way for kids to get to school. And when we get them to school safely, which we do every day, we change their lives. So we just gotta figure out how to package that up and how to get that message across uh, more effectively. And increase awareness of what we do because what we do is really special. So that's what, that's if, what I'll be focused
0: on. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And it's, you know, in, in some cases, it took the pandemic for us to kind of synth- synthesize all that information, package it, and and tell it to folks who were, as you pointed out, a little bit surprised about the size of the and, and scope of, of what we do each and every day. So, yeah, I think that uh, I agree with you. That's very important as, as we move forward to continue that uh, kind of momentum. You know, as well, because it does have a ripple effect in, in different areas, you know, not only just lobby and advocacy, but also awareness, you know, for parents. Because I think post pandemic, parents are going to be even more engaged in student transportation as well. No, didn't know if you had any thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, well, you're absolutely right. I mean, as a mom, what the pandemic has done to our focus on schooling, logistics, being home or being in the classroom, transportation. Sanitation, all of it. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. And You know, social media has given parents a voice louder and stronger than they ever had. But yeah, moving forward, I do believe we are going to have to work to better get our message out to parents. It's not just to the school districts or, as you said, to the legislators it's going to be important for us to make sure that the PTAs, for example, understand what it is we do and the benefits we bring to their schools because they will have a louder voice and they will be more engaged because everyone's been forced to be more engaged, especially as our, our kids have been learning right outside our office doors or right next to us at the kitchen table. So yeah, you're, you're absolutely right.
0: right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, time's running short and this has been such a great conversation, but I wonder if folks are interested in learning a little bit more about National Express, where can they go f- to find out some information?
1: Yeah, that's great. Are, well, our website for one, NELLC.com, but also social media. We are on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, and I think that's always a really good way for folks to better understand who we are and and hear our voice.
0: Great. Karina, I want to thank you for joining us at NSTA The Bus Stop. Once again, our guest this week, Karina Noble. She's Senior Vice President, Communications and External Affairs at National Express, and she's also the NSTA incoming president. So thanks so much, Karina, for coming on.
1: Thanks for having me, Kurt, and thanks for making sure you're giving time and attention to Women's History Month. I appreciate it.